Well, hey, Smart Mindsets, this is a great episode today. We're talking about real estate and co-owning a home uh, with the founder of Share, Eric Chabel. Chabel, right? Um, I met Eric, uh, believe it or not, three and a half years ago or something like that. At a, well, I used to work for a venture capital firm called BU Venture Partners. And Eric was one of those founders that I think I met him. It might have been the Salesforce Tower or Embarcadero 4 or something like that. But, um, you know, I was interested in going home too. I was 23 and I was like, man, that's light years away. And I'm never going to be able to do that. Or I really don't know too many people who own a home, especially in the Bay Area that are my age. So uh, when we heard about the idea for share, we definitely were interested in looking at them as a potential deal and uh, just getting to know Eric over the years or just seeing the share uh, company grow um, has been something really interesting, especially during a time of COVID and um, economic uncertainty uh, and just with the problem that they're trying to solve. So here is Eric, the uh, founder of Share. Um, welcome to the show, Eric. Thanks, Dan, for having me. That was a, a nice buildup. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I try. You know, it's like sometimes I don't know who uh, I never met the founders before. Um, but you, you know, we've, we've met and established like some rapport and especially your tenacity of trying to close the deal and just, you know, doing what a founder should be doing. Right. Just uh, staying in front of the investors when there's hundreds of deals in front of their face and, you know, maintaining that. Um, I guess, uh, re- re- what do you call that? Um, relativity or just... I mean, yeah, I would say it, c- it comes down to building that rapport relationship. And kind of, <laughs> no, yeah. it, it was great what you had said, like where, yeah, we had met uh, back at uh-huh. Salesforce, top, you know, top of Salesforce building when I was still... Uh, I was still going through... I mean, life's a lesson, but I was more my initial infancy uh, on oh. kind of the founder you know journey and so uh yeah i mean uh it, it was great meeting you there and then we got great feedback and just continuing to just yeah i mean so so what it, what is share because co-owning home is a really simple way to understand it but there's a little bit more in the background that happens to make that possible right like did you guys get a trademark or like what's uh yeah so um you know okay so so Share allows individuals who are currently renting, we allow them to co-own homes together, whether that be a single family residential unit or a unit within a duplex or up to four units. We help renters uh, up to four co-owners buy a home together, uh, whether that be with friends or family. Uh, We provide the financing as well. Uh, We also have our in-house real estate broker team uh, we have customized contracts to save the home buyers some time and money, you know, seeking legal help. Uh, and then ultimately, we also have a matching uh, algorithm part of our patent as well uh, that helps individuals connect to each other uh, if they don't know who to call on with. So if you just move, you know, you're in SF right now, you move to LA, that, oh God, you know, I want to. I don't want to keep renting and you know your initial most initial people their thoughts are okay well why don't i go ahead and go on craigslist or Rumi or like another you know um (laughs) facebook marketplace (laughs) exactly yeah exactly i'm like hey you know i'm looking for a roommate uh well we want to skip that process and say why don't you own instead co-own and we make that process not only safe but simple um and so we have all sorts of different alternative financing even including providing two or three different loans on one home. So 
well, you know, a lot of our consumers were concerned, well, what if I call in with a stranger and they miss their payment? Um, in this scenario, uh, you would not be impacted whatsoever. And so, uh, or financially. Um, yeah, yeah. So there, there's homes right now that this is uh, all possible, right? It's not like free, it's not like a, what do you call it? Free product, like the product exists. And oh, yeah. Homes. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, yeah, we're, we're, we're a hybrid between a product and a service. Um, since co-owning, you know, as you mentioned, it's, it's just, first of all, buying a home on your own, you know, the, I'm sure, you know, the, the audience. It's risky, right? Risky. Well, first, owning a home on your own is super challenging as it is. I mean, I, I only know a handful of people who actually do own a, own a home uh, by themselves. I mean, within my age demographic, it's, it's pretty tough. So owning a home is another, it's like, hey, well, how do I even own a home, let alone co-own? So. Uh, yeah, we have to provide the, the upfront concierge service to, uh, to provide some of that education. Yeah, yeah so uh, if somebody were to own a home, what, what's kind of, if they were to do like independently, like they need to have like a down payment, right? And like a proof of income for two years is from what I've learned. And Yeah, I mean, every, I mean, from the, our the strategic lenders that we work with, uh, it can come to, your tax returns, W-2 credit score. Uh, so, you know, kind of looking at it from a risk standpoint from that investor, saying, okay, you know, um, does Eric have all of his, you know, ducks in a row? And is he a safe asset or safe you know, bet that he will pay out that mortgage? Um, and that's how co-ownership also is looked at too. You know, do both of these co-owners or up to four co-owners, do, do they have a decent credit score? But Something unique with shares that we can go down to a 500 credit score. Uh-huh. It's a uh, much, you know, very competitive. And we do stated income. So a lot of our uh, folks come in and, you know, they're either like sometimes Uber drivers or, uh, you know, just people who, who folks who just earn, you know, maybe blue collar workers, right? Like yeah, a plumber. Yeah. I don't know. Just, uh, exactly. Sure. Electric. Yep. And so, um, and so sometimes, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, if you go to a retail lender, such as, you know, B of A or Wells Fargo, they have very kind of cookie cutter standards. And so sure. uh, coming to us, we're providing a wide variety of different loan products that the consumer uh, will be presented. So um, huge benefit working with us, whether or not you work with a retail lender or not. Um, but ultimately, the co-owning model, that's something that's still, as you mentioned, like light years, it's still pretty far ahead. Um, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen, I've seen, I guess, like, is your target market people in their 20s or do you just, it, there's no really preference, right? Like, even if you're 47, you want I mean, to try this out? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we can't, we can't obviously like do any kind of uh, segmenting that audience with age, but uh, ultimately what we're seeing is the most amount of traffic coming in are between, say, early 30s to early 40s. You'd be, you know, you'd think immediately, oh, someone out of college, this is perfect. Maybe there's affinity, <laughs> sorority. Uh, you know, we're still targeting that. Um, uh, but what we're seeing is just more traction in kind of the, pe the people who have traveled a bit. They're a bit more seasoned. They've seen some of the world and they're like, okay. It's not, 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 it's not the word selling down, but it's um, they're more focused on their, their financial status rather than, yeah 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 i gotta ask um where'd you get the idea eric i don't, I don't know if i ever what do you call that 
heard about where you found this idea, right? Like, because yeah. was it, you were a realtor prior to creating the company. Did you see, like, did you have to turn, was it because you turned down a lot of folks who were really dreaming about buying a home or like, have you just seen that problem or, you know? I mean, yeah. So, so my background, uh, as I'm a real estate broker, mortgage broker, engineer, and, uh, also sustainability certified. And, but what I, I previously started a company that was focused on, uh, helping first time home buyers by providing rebates up front. Uh, so ultimately getting kind of like a down payment assistance program. Um, which is you know pretty clunky out there in the U.S. right now. The the systems in place are, are pretty clunky and stuff. And so, what I found is that uh, that just was not enough for anyone to actually enter and buy a home. And I started looking at my own scenario, thinking, okay, well, Eric, what are the facts, right? We already share space, um, and it's not because I want to have a bunch of roommates because I just have to have a bunch of roommates. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so, what city were you living in when that was going on? Uh, Los Angeles, yeah. So I'm still based in LA. And and so I, I figured, look, we know that rent's going up around close to 10% a year, at least uh -huh. years that, around where, where I wanted to live. And uh, which, you know, when I was at my past career, like past position, I used to work for uh, one of the largest general contractors on the West Coast. Uh, and, it, you know, great, great experience. I was promoted every single year. But ultimately, when I was seeing like 10% increases on my base, I was seeing my rent, you know, pretty much follow that trend. And so I started thinking, well, Eric, am I going to keep getting promoted until I'm like 38, 40? And so I'm like, sure. realistically, that's not going to, that's 17 years every single year. I should be, I'll be the youngest CEO in one of the oldest companies. You know, it's not really scalable. So <laughs> um, I was like, okay, well, knowing knowing that rent's going to continue to increase, home prices, historically speaking, if you just look over the past, you know, 80 years or any, you know, over the data that we have available to us, um, home prices over time rise. And uh, knowing that, I wanted to figure out an easier solution between buying a home with, with my current roommates. And so uh, I started yeah. I stumbled across co-ownership. I was like, what the hell is that? Like, don't I have to be married? And it turns out you don't have to be married at all. Uh, there's been a 771% increase in between co-owning uh, with roommates. So these are folks saying, you know what? We already pay someone else's mortgage, being that landlord. Why don't we just sure. pay our own mortgage and build equity? And uh, it kind of just clicked with me. And I was like, wow, this makes this makes logical sense. And so... Uh, yeah, that's kind of how Share was started uh, with my background and experience in those pain points. Right? And, and you started the company back in 2018 or uh, something? So 2019. Was, 2019. Uh, 2019. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was funny. I started started posting on Craigslist to see if anyone would be interested in buying a home with me. Uh -huh. I got about a dozen people contacting me. Uh, and they went careers. Like one in specific, uh, there was a UCLA professor. And he was like, yeah, I, I want. To, I'm very interested in coding. I currently, you know, I've been renting. And anyway, um, he's like, yeah, this is this is great. And so I said, well, look, sure, you'll be the first customer or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I could get some traction on one of the more, not that we're unreliable, but uh, you know, essentially, you know, uh, Craigslist was kind of known. You know, you can you can get 
at a point you were able to get drugs and like other, you know, kind of paraphernalia on there. And if you can do that, and I was <laughs> home on the same site, I said, shit, there's some traction here. Okay, let's make a more secure marketplace and um, make it happen. Well, well, Eric, I, I guess like it's really ambitious for people who have ideas and they create LLCs or S-Corps once uh, they get like this little burst of confidence or just, you know, belief in themselves, right? Because it takes a lot of belief for you to quit your job and begin this journey of being a founder and trying to change the world, um, change people's lives. That's what the company, co-owning a home is changing somebody's life and multiple webs around there. For you, like, did you ever um, have second thoughts about this? Because, uh, you know, like, there's just doubts that creep in for anyone who creates a company? Or were you just, you know, someone who believed in the vision and has kept that vision as the North Star ever since? Like, what's been the uh, trajectory of, uh, I guess, your own personal um, uh, experience with this whole thing? Uh, you know, with respect to to doubts, I'd say the only doubts I've ever had were, you know, am I, is this the most effective way to get to the end result of co-ownership? Um, so whether that be changing operational flows and processes, uh, and, and is this, you know, does, does this help more? But ultimately, there's no doubt in my mind uh, that co-ownership is the solution. So I, I knew that if I stop, I'm going back to the fixed problems. I know rent's going back up and I'm going to have to have another roommate and <laughs> so, and home prices are going to continue to rise uh, traditionally. I mean, yes, like in the market right now, of course it's down a bit, but if you look at over three years, I can, I feel very confident that home prices will continue to rise over a three year period. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you quit, I know that I'll be in the same position as will many, but millions of other people. Um, and so, yeah, I, Definitely, I was always confident around co-ownership. Uh, it was just whether or not, you know, I, uh, whether or not it was doing the right thing and, and to get to the end result of making it a seamless process. And one, one example was uh, we were focused very heavily on tech in the past where let's make this completely tech-driven. Uh, <laughs> but the higher the sale price, ultimately, the more work that's, going to be involved uh, to sell that consumer on the product. And so yeah. uh, buying a home is a very emotional experience. And so that's something where I don't think any company ever will be able just to automate it. Because um, it's like it's an intersection between uh, human interaction and, and, and technology build. So uh, yeah, it's, it's something that we continue to, to try and find that balance. And so, um, you know, we've made all sorts of different, I wouldn't say the words, not like the word pivot but uh modification Weeks or just yeah, modification you know when do we talk to the consumer right is it up front is it more later in the funnel um and so yeah but um north star is that this problem is not going away and it's only getting worse so yeah yeah how does uh are there laws that were like um preventing is there a law that says like buying a house has to only be one person on the deed or like they have to be a family or they have to be married. Is there any laws around that that need to be like circumnavigated or no, no, uh, no laws right now. And, um, I don't foresee any new laws coming out, uh, because we know homeownership is already extremely difficult to get into. So why limit that accessibility? Um, 
and uh, yeah, uh, so currently, yeah, there's there's no laws around co-owning. Um, depending on the lender, you know, you can have can have a variety of different co-owners on it, but um, ultimately, it's that experience and the lender building that confidence level, knowing that hey, look, you know, these people don't have a relationship. Can they co-own a home still? Um, and you've seen it. You've seen that process work like a couple hundred times, I'm guessing, or a handful uh, of times. Or? Yeah, a lot. Uh, Many times, yeah. I mean, um, you know, so close to you know between like fifty to one hundred times, uh, and so <laughs> you know, we've 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 helped a lot of consumers to own homes, um, and so it's yeah, it's just it's just continuing to provide that knowledge, hands-on support, and um, and I mean, yeah, that 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 wherewithal, and so yeah, yeah. Do you, do you guys do you function as a marketplace? Like you get. How do you guys create uh, sales for the company share itself? Is it from so, take uh, charging? Yeah, yeah. So we we actually we charge the lender. Uh, oh, uh, so it's it's uh, we get we get a fee on the loan. Uh, so that's lender paid compensation. And then the second source is uh, acting as a buyer's agent. So as a as a realtor. Uh huh. Uh huh. So um, those are are two. You know, back in. 2021, we were acting as a lead gen provider as well as a third source of revenue. You know, we had a whole sales team. Essentially, we had all these consumers coming in, being like, "I want to, I want to uh, phone a home. I want to. I'm tired of renting." But ultimately, pairing them up with a realtor, an external realtor, even though we'd provide some form of training, um, they weren't as effective in closing those deals. Uh, so we ultimately stopped that. That. Revenue source, you know, we generated sure. maybe seventy or eighty sales in lead gen uh, to realtors across California. Uh, but yeah, we put that on pause, and and now we're focused on uh, making those those internal sales. Uh, but yeah, it's completely free for the consumer. Uh, and but that was one of the ideations that we had to had to make. Focus on our two more like primary profit drivers. Gotcha. And and have you uh, what's it called? Raise you told you I think earlier a little bit earlier you spoke about raising funds from uh, angels as well as as a VCs or just yeah, corporations. Yeah. We, yeah, so we've you know we raised capital um, from from you know, a variety of different uh, VCs and angel investors. Got have received grants from companies like PayPal and Freddie Mac and TIAA, um, and you know we're we're continuing to to push. Um, but yeah, uh, w one thing I think that w was a valuable learning experience was it's it's not like we, you shouldn't just spend two years just to trying to fundraise. I know capital is uh, obviously required to you know, do some things, but there's a lot of free resources you can use. Uh, what would one be the bank or what, what are some of these resources uh, yeah, to your knowledge? So so uh, doing loans, um, family friend loans too. Uh, but yeah, banks, uh, if you don't have, for instance, a like a long-term like uh, revenue stream. Yeah. You can also get, I know with the higher interest rates, but there are those like cash advance programs or, but there are alternative sources of financing. Um, credit cards is another solution you can do. Uh, you take, take, <laughs> like maxing out. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, but like some of them, you have you know zero percent interest for whatever you know four months. 
So that's essentially it's free money right now, you know, and and use it to get your get your company off the ground. I mean, uh-huh. I'm definitely not encouraging anyone to max out their credit. Yeah. <laughs> but but what I am saying is that when you look at like a an expected investor return, you know, in their portfolio, I think they expect what one or two out of their out of the ten companies they invest to actually go, you know, become successful. On and um, sure, you know, that's they're expecting what you know from your from your investor experience, what like a ten extra turn. Or, yeah, they they like they only they want to return the fund again. I mean, like it depends on who the VC is, but they want to put money in that can, yeah, at least ten x or at least guarantee them uh, like a seven x or something like that, just because uh, they owe the limited partners back and right, right. they want to exist in the future too. So <laughs> 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 they might not exist if they everyone works for somebody, I guess. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, so you know, 7x, 700% return, uh, 700% return or 0% interest and 20%, you know. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> 700%, 20%. You know, it's kind of like <laughs> what makes more financial sense. So you don't necessarily have to fundraise to get yourself going. And so uh, I think that was a, a great learning experience. Right. It definitely added a lot of credibility. Um, but I think that was that is why I would also I would encourage it because fundraising um, dilutes your equity too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. The downside is that yeah, it dilutes your equity. You have to do you know your quarterly updates and things like that. But um, if you do want future sources of revenue, um, or not revenue, but investor investments, um, I, you know that's one angle. But as I mentioned, it's high return that they're expecting. Uh, but there is value on the investor if they provide those resources, like subject matter experts and um, and connections. Which, uh-huh, yeah, your credit card, you know, you can't, you can't call Amex and say, "Hey, customer service, can you please connect me to?" Uh... <laughs> so you know, the, 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 there are some helpful helpful uh, things that were that were made uh, introductions made for us uh, thanks to our investor, uh, you know pretty much because of our investors. And so they saved us a lot of money um, through a lot of these perk programs uh, that just simply are not accessible for uh, doing different sources of financing, like such as loans. Or- you, you ever try getting on a Shark Tank? Uh, no, not my, not my not thing. Not my thing. Um, uh, I, I do, uh, I, I plan is to reach out to, to uh, Barbara on Shark Tank, uh, given that her real estate background. Okay. And, uh, but she owns a lot of stuff, huh? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, we have a lot of realtors from her brokerage. Actually, you know, uh, not a lot, but they are applying to join over to to share. So uh, hopefully, there's no hard feelings there in the future. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, she's got got enough that she wouldn't mind, right? <laughs> not as much. No, I think she's cool with it. Um, well, Eric, I guess something that we always talk to founders here about is, uh, what exactly gives you the motivation or the desire to keep this going, right? Because I feel like there's been a lot of hurdles along the way here. Um, I remember, you know, we, I think I bumped into you at a, this is a competition in SF, it was called like Startup World Cup, and you, you just had ran up a hill to meet with us or a couple <laughs> other folks, right? Like. 
I'm like, I'm like, dang, these guys work hard. Like, I you know the VCs, they work hard too, but it's like they kind of sit down. They they kind of are some of those folks who, <laughs> who who hear a lot of people. I won't say begging for money, but like definitely wisely using their words to get them to fund their idea. Whereas the founder who um, is fighting for a lot of things, and the VCs, a lot of the time they're mainly there to listen as well as receive information. <laughs> but you're you're really the one who's uh putting your neck on the line and going out there. <laughs> I'm counting my steps running up those hills. <laughs> what 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 gives you that um this burning desire to to get this done because uh, a lot of people like they they have jobs right a lot of people they'll they'll go do the 9 to 5 thing or they'll do whatever they need to do to make money but I think with you like there's a different or a lot of people who are entrepreneurs there's a difference where they'll uh work 24 hours a day or you know they'll put themselves through a lot just to get something to the result that you had uh envisioned um but what do you think it is about let's say you but about this idea that makes you uh relentless or just have that um pursuit the continued pain point uh experiencing the high the, the barriers into entry um so I would say the frequent pain points and the passion, like, or I don't know the passion, but the, um, the, the response that we get from our home buyers, um, you know, we help, for instance, uh, a consumer, a home buyer who, uh, she was technically homeless oh. and, uh, she was living in her car in her uh, daughter's driveway, driveway, uh, over in, in Southern California, and uh, it was in, in the, it was in the Long Beach area, so home prices are are fairly fairly still expensive there. Uh, I mean, the average home price in California is you know mid eight hundred k. Yeah. So uh, we were able to help her and her daughter own a home with our alternative, unique sources of financing, competitive rate, and got them out of homelessness into co-owning a condominium. Wow. So when like. I made like, and so, so I guess that type of feeling is really, really rewarding. Um, you know, I've, <laughs> yeah. one thing I did was, you know, from our CRM, we have, you know, we have thousands of consumers uh, in our CRM wanting to co-own or some wanting to even buy on their own, but ultimately, you know, co-owning is our, is our, is our deal. And so um, when I pick up the phone and I dial, I mean, I've been, you know, 200 calls there. And asking, hey, have you ever share? Thanks for signing up. Um, you know, this is what we do, and they're unbelievably appreciative. And so, uh -huh. uh, I think it's very that's a very very rewarding thing. Um, yeah, you're changing people's lives for the better. Um, and and of course, you know, being first to market and being unique is is also really it's just it's exciting. I mean, waking up knowing that life's it's a complete roller coaster. I mean, the high. <laughs> Yeah, uh, trying to get some stability there, but yeah, uh, I'd say as a founder, you have to be very uh, risk tolerant and optimistic. Uh, but finding that balance between optimistic and realistic, uh, and and you know, waking up every day that you know you are making an impact. Uh, and you know, if you if your consumers can't see that or if they're not finding value, then you know that can obviously be deterring. So, um, but I'm not in that situation, so I'm I'm, I'm thankful that. Uh, came up with a uh, a new idea that that can help people. Yeah, that's an excellent story. I definitely, I think like 
my family's we've been renting ever since we've been in the country kind of um but definitely you know experiences of you know in 2015 or 2014 the rents in san francisco they tripled compared to what we were used to paying and uh just realizing that housing markets dictate a lot of people's lives and it's also that problem of well i just want to live a normal life i don't want to have seven jobs or you know do all these different things and be able to own a home kind of means the end like it's the end of uh the journey of having to deal with a rent market or just unstable just not owning anything is um something that i think a lot of people don't realize that they struggle with right because like if there's a it's not necessarily that someone might not have money it's that they just don't have equity which is you know what i mean like uh yeah something that's not taught in school or spoken about or uh, taught to you directly either (laughs) yeah i mean there's no saying homeowning 101 um and the benefits of building equity and wealth but uh yeah the barriers to entry are are, are just so difficult and and the rent prices continue continue to increase even with the with uh the rent cap law in in california uh it can go uh about 10 percent, and so uh 10 per year increase and so that's the cap and 10 percent increase is a, it's a massive hit for someone's personal income so if you have a you know a normal nine to five job yeah and you're not being seeing substantial growth in your income which uh, which most people you know aren't seeing on the regularly, you know, reg- yearly review. Plus inflation outside of housing. Exactly. You know, there's, it's just, there's, there's so many barriers. And, you know, that's why you're seeing a lot of this, this rise in homelessness as well. Is Sure. Yeah. It's noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so uh, hats off to, hats off to all the entrepreneurs who are helping homelessness. But in my opinion, uh, yes, those companies do need to be around. But I think that there needs to be much more attention on solving the fringe and not just try to widen the band-aid because it's just going to continue to grow. Um, and we need to have some, some sort of stopgap barrier. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, for me, like if I take a train somewhere in the Bay Area, you just automatically see the struggles of regular folk, um, whether they're you know, homeless or they're just working away at a job. Um, it's, it's definitely something that, you don't realize but it's, it's an equity problem but there, there's many answers and there's not enough i guess easy solutions so it's, it's a really tricky thing and what are you guys doing like just hearing that story about the lady that you were able to bring out of her van into when a condo that's that's quite crazy so did how did that go did did you did um she just find share online or and then like... yeah, so she doesn't have a computer she just had her mobile device she oh and uh she was able to, you know, we pre-approved her for 150k, but that's that's you know, you know, you're not gonna be able to get much uh, in, uh, you know, for a property um, in California for that amount. Um, and so, with that, uh, she we got on the phone with her daughter too, and you know, explained the benefits that you guys can call in a home together, uh, and that was something that she thought it wasn't impossible to do. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then also, you know. Knowing when you come in, you get pre-approved for such a low amount. Um, even we'll say even half a million, okay, four hundred k. No, first of all, four hundred k. That's the average home price now in the entire country. So uh, you have to be earning now individually. The average income for a U.S. Uh, first-time homebuyer 
is 100K minimum. And, and that's so, over three years at least, right? Or two years? Yeah, yeah over proof. two years. Yeah, a two-year period showing six-figure income. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> it's, around, it's around two and a half times the average, you know, actual income. average income. So yeah. if you think about it, it's completely unrealistic to afford that on your own. And so, um, and you also have divorce rates that are... 50% at least or 60% now, right? Yeah, so, you know, you get married, but likelihood, you know, probably going to get divorced. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, statistically speaking, uh, unfortunately, um, just just being making those data driven points, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's so when you do get pre-approved and you see that amount, it's we, we immediately see discouragement, um, you know, a bit of sadness. Uh, but then that's where we come in. We say, have you thought about uh, co-owning? We can provide you with uh, you know another roommate. Go on with, build equity with. You can have your own unit in a multifamily if you like, uh, single family. So that's where we come in um, and provide that dedicated concierge service, unique financial loan products, and things like that. And so their eyes kind of light up, knowing that, like, whoa, I, you know, I, I don't want to buy a 150, 200k home, or even a 400k home um, in a lower appreciating area that's kind of unsafe, and I don't want maybe. To be taking a jaw, you know, and having to carry a gun on me or something like this, and so, sure. uh, you know, I, I just I want to live in a safe environment, and ultimately, I'm not buying a home just to buy a home um, and not build equity. I'd rather just continue to rent it. So uh, ultimately, you want it, it's an investment, and so we need we're we're I would say the the paradigm shift and destigmatizing the idea and the fact that real estate. Is an investment, and sure. and so don't buy something that's gonna if you're ultimately not happy with, and and, and that's kind of where we, we need to continue to educate more consumers and let them know that you know um, that you can still buy in a nice, safe environment, um, and or you know you don't need to live in your car or, or you know things like that. So sure, sure, yeah, yeah. I I mean, um, what? Well, so I'm I only really not understand the California real estate market, but. You 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 uh you guys also sell out of California. I mean, in other uh, states in the country too, or is it just LA or SoCal? Or yeah, so it's across California. We have made some sales out of state, but ultimately, uh, we are our our main focus right now is across California. Uh, and and that's, I mean, that's I, I grew up down here. You know, I, I came from Canada originally. So uh, you're, you're French or you're Canadian or uh, Canadian? Yeah, my my dad's from North Africa. And my mom's from. Morocco? Uh, no, Tunisia. Oh, Tunisia. Oh, God. I did not know that, man. But really? I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're all we're all first-gen Americans. Um, none of us are, I don't think, any... any, any same same with my family, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so, um, yeah, it's... it's uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a tough experience. Um, you know, luckily, I was fortunate that you know, I was pretty young, like 10, you know, coming down here. So a lot of the pain points that an immigrant would have to deal with in as an 18 year old worrying about their visa and things like that um, was already resolved for me. Thanks for my, uh, thanks a lot. Sure. Um, no, that's quite fascinating. I, I never, I didn't know that. <laughs> I just didn't expect that. Um, but uh, coming towards the end of the podcast here, Eric, uh, what, what, um, I guess one question that we like to ask is what, uh, if you can have like a, business dinner with any business person in the world and just pitch them or talk to them for 
half an hour, an hour, who, who do you think you'd want to have a dinner with? I mean, great question. Uh, <laughs> I would. Uh, so, currently living or dead? Uh, we could do. We could do either or. Either, either or. Uh, <laughs> um, probably, probably Steve Jobs. Uh, oh wow! Would like to. Would love to know more on just branding, building powerful brand. Um, you know that's. Uh, that's something that we continue to you know, struggle pushing our branding out um, and having this a more clear message um, because you know as he had mentioned and stated you know in some of his speeches is that companies come and go they're not going to remember you know companies sure. they remember either the, the brand that emotional feeling attached um, you know you look at you, you know I don't know what your favorite water bottle is but you know, there's you choose one traditionally, or you kind of tend to stick with one, um, making that consumer choice. And what is that emotional attachment? Why do you like continue to go there? Uh, I mean, a lot of water tastes comparably the same. <laughs> it better taste the same. <laughs> I mean, sometimes they have a little bit I'm more. I'm a tap water guy. I mean, but I, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. LA tap water. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. No, don't worry, I'm not growing a tail or anything like that. <laughs> it's not uh, Flint. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. Branding is is so important for any any company, and trying to just hone in your hone that in, um, and and remember that you can't can't help everyone. Uh, mm -hmm. As long as you can help, you know, I, I, some people, I count that as a as a win in in, in the book. So it's you know when yeah we, when we get consumers coming in, unfortunately, some we just can't help. You know, we get the pre approved for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. We can't do anything with that, so it's just too down. So, I got, I got to ask you, Eric, just a question to piggyback on that. Um, if you could give your brand three adjectives that you think it stands for, what would they be? Um, just curious because I think about that too for myself, and uh, it's never really your opinion that matters the most, but um, just whatever you think your brand should stand for, like that's yeah, yeah, no, how do you build it, you know. Yeah, yeah, so uh, transparency. Uh, uh, I, I wouldn't want to say the word empathy, but it's it's uh, the consumer's always right. Uh, so we're always on their side um, and we're very sympathetic. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I guess uh, kind of more. Uh, yep. Yeah, so, so more, more on the empathy side of things. Uh, and being that subject matter expertise. Uh, so knowing that we are kind of like the best in class. And so uh, I would say that kind of represents share in, in, in a nutshell. Um, so kind of a, a just positively good company. That's oh, wow. Help a lot of underserved and, and others uh, and providing that, that hands-on knowledge um, from some great group of professionals who just want to make an impact in the world. Gotcha. Uh, our second and last question is uh, if you could give Eric advice when he was a 20 year old person, uh, what would you want to tell him? Start a company as fast as possible. <laughs> uh, gotcha. you'll, yeah. You'll get experience. Uh, you know, the nine to five is, is great for a lot of people. Um, for me, it was not, uh, I got, you know, I got some great experience, but ultimately 
the the wide range of skills that you get as a founder yeah is just so incredible um and so you get like as you mentioned running up the hill um you know to, to meet the working uh working lower body like leg day <laughs> or like recruiting and every day is different so yeah starting it earlier than later and then um and and yeah I, it's uh, that's probably be my best. Um, that's a great, great answer. And the last question, Eric, is uh, or second to last is uh, if you could articulate your personal startup mindset, what would you say your startup mindset is? Um, uh, it would be every day, you know, fight as hard as you can with nothing held back, sort of deal. Um, and it's not the word. Just have just have a high level of tenacity. Sure. Um, I would say that's that's I mean, just kind of loving what you're loving what you're doing and being lean and mean. You do a lot of things without. Okay. Well, Eric. Yeah. No, this has been a fascinating conversation. I think that you know uh, you're doing something that's really impactful and uh, special at the same time. So it's been great hearing about your founder journey. One one quick question is uh, how can people either you share or um, find out more about Share. Yeah, so uh, to use Share, just visit our website, www.sharehome.com. That's C-H-E-R-A home.com. And so uh, just visiting our website, you can learn a lot of educational resources there or reach out to us via email at share, that's C-H-E-R at share.app. And uh, we would love to help the consumer. We just jump on the phone. They've been rejected before. Or just want to learn more, we will. We, we love teaching people. Well, thank you, Eric. Man, this has been a great catching up, and you know, seeing what's cooking in the in the pot for sure. So, thank you again. <laughs> Once again for having me, I appreciate it.